actually not even going to read 1 Corinthians at all. So I'm just going to totally mess you guys up. So if you have a Bible, you can turn to Psalm uh, 84. And I'm going to be reading out of the New uh, International Version uh, tonight. I'm mixing it up, too, on that. So uh, I just think it's been such a cool adventure together to through the ups and downs of just this super encouraging on one side book of the Bible, um, which Chuck and I were chatting before um, the service tonight just about the fact that this was probably the second letter that was written to the first Corinthians or not to the Corinthian church that it was there's actually probably three or four um, books of Corinthians instead of two that are in the Bible but um, just this cool like encouraging but like super like in your face challenging very Pauline book of the Bible that's um, where he just really like kind of builds them up and then like kind of like chisels off their edges. It's really sort of, I imagine it as like a, like a sculptor that has like a big piece of stone and it's just kind of like, you know, making it really pretty, but also like shaping the sides, which when that stone is a human is fairly painful. But at the end, there's this beautiful like sculpture, this beautiful piece of art that's created. And Paul, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is kind of doing that through the book of First Corinthians, which I think is so cool. And... I love that the books of the Bible, um, even though they were written like, you know, the Old Testament was written four or 5,000 years ago, and the New Testament was written over 2,000 years ago, that, that even though they were written to like a specific congregation, like this book was written to the church in Corinth, which was a, you know, Roman city, um, that they're so relevant to us as well. Um, even though it seems like everything about our time has changed. They didn't have cars. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have the internet, which is like unthinkable. Internet is like, to me, I would almost have my, rather have my water shut off than have my internet shut off, right? Like, it's just like a natural thing, you know, to have that. And so even though like they had a whole different like sort of um, like surroundings, there were so many of the same cultural issues. Um, I mean, they were, they had spiritual brokenness. They had this idea of like a distorted sexuality that existed, uh, materialism. They had gender issues with each other. They had power struggles within the church. They had ugly political structures where, you know, people were like literally like killing each other for positions of authority. And, and so it's not really that far off from what we face in 2016. Those aren't really any different issues. I love how it talks about in Ecclesiastes. It says that there's nothing new under the sun. There's no new sins. There's no new um, ideas of how to jack our world up. They've been the same forever. We just kind of rebrand them and rename them and then move on with them. And so we're really facing a lot of the same stuff that they were. Um, And so I love just reading books like 1 Corinthians as if they were written to Mosaic in Stockton as opposed to Corinth into, in, you know, in, you know, whatever, 30 AD, it's written to Mosaic in Stockton in 2016. And so really, I encourage us to kind of look at it that way. Um, and I think as we read and sort through and embrace the words that the Lord wants to speak to us directly in our hearts and minds, that these passages can begin to transform us, right? They can begin to like, make us to look more like Jesus, which I think is the point of reading the word and studying together and meeting together in fellowship and being a part of church is that that there's a change that begins to happen in us, right? We don't just read the Bible as a book. We don't just read it to, to get through it or read it to, to um, you know, hear a good story. It's really something that works on us and, and develops in us. Um, and so I hope that we've been able to kind of be touched and molded um, and created to be more like what God made us to be, 
right? I think that's part of our Christianity. That's part of our journey is really allowing God over the course of our lifetime. We're never going to reach this perfection. We're never going to be, um, you know, perfectly like Jesus, but allowing God to mold us and shape us really into who he's made us to be, right? We're all, we're all made in the image of God. And there's this destiny and this purpose that God has given each one of us. And part of being a Christian and walking with Jesus and reading books like First Corinthians is just to really to allow God to just make Mary to be more of who he made Mary to be and to make Darian into more of who he made Darian to be and to make Tyler into more of who he made Tyler to be as opposed to what the world would want us to be. And so... Um, I think that's really the point of church and the point of communing with God is that it's more than just making it through this life, right? More than just surviving the day, you know, more than just making just enough money so that we don't like lose our house and, you know, our car and our, you know, be able to eat and all this stuff, right? That so many of us in, in this world, there's so many people that we engage with, they're just trying to survive. And I think that with God, he, he's designing us to live a life of freedom, of wholeness, of life, you know, it talks about living a life that is abundant and full, right? A life that is like thriving in Jesus. And that's what books like First Corinthians do for us. They allow us to, to figure out how we can thrive in the Lord and not just survive this life. That's not what we're destined to be. We're not just destined to make it through. Um, and so as we chat about First Corinthians tonight, we're going to talk about remaining in Christ. And as part of this discussion, we're going to look at, the, at Psalm 84, together. Um, and I love the Psalms um, personally. When I go through these moments in my life where I just feel like life is dry and just kind of brittle and broken and you just like, you just feel like you, it's like your whole life needs a big glass of cold water, right? Do you guys ever feel that way? Like, oh my gosh, I just, it's like, or you just need like a shower where you can just sit in there and let the water kind of pour over you. When I go through those times in my life, um, I just really find myself digging into the Psalms. Because they're so easy to connect with. In one part, it's like these guys, David and these other songwriters, where they're just crying out like, God, this life sucks. Like, what am I supposed to do? And then on the other side, there's this answer that God gives us in them. It's kind of this call and answer sort of writing where God just like really showers his blessings on them and just tells them how much he loves them and cares for them and encourages them. And so I always leave the Psalms just feeling so encouraged and, um, and kind of uplifted um, by the truths of the Lord. So we're going to look at uh, Psalm 84, verses 8 through 13 tonight. It says, I will listen to what God the Lord says. He promised peace to his people, his faithful servants, but let them not uh, turn to folly. Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land, that love and faithfulness meet together, righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs forth from the earth, and righteousness looks down from heaven. The Lord indeed uh, will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. Righteousness goes before him and prepares the way for his steps. And so, I think this psalm writer, um, who we're not sure who wrote this psalm, but um, kind of takes us on this roller coaster ride of challenging us to remain in Christ. And, and, and like I said, it's this kind of call and answer. If you read verses 1 through 7, um, if you read verses 1 through 7, which we didn't look at tonight, you can see the psalmist crying out or calling out to the Lord like we talked about. Just this kind of like, God, I need you moment, right? And I think that we each have those in our lives. I have them fairly regularly. I have them like several times a week where it's like, God, I don't know what to do, you know? And, and it's one of those moments for the psalmist and he just says like, God, I just need you. 
And then there's these next six verses that we read together that just talk about God's faithfulness and goodness to them. But it starts out with this really short opening in the passage that I think really unlocks the rest of it. Um, It says, And all the encouragement and promises that they really flow out of the reality that God calls us to walk a life that is in faith and in obedience. Right? And so, I don't think... Sorry, it was 85. Oh, it was 85. My bad. So people are looking. I apologize for that. 85. <laughs> As they're reading their Bible. Oh, that was a big Ooh, man. Take that one out of the recording later. Um, so the psalmist opens with this idea that we need to walk in obedience. Um, and that that's not really a word that I think we like very much. This idea of like, I need to be obedient to something or I need to like follow rules or like our, our culture and our world. And I'm like that too. It's like, I don't want anybody to put that on me. I don't want to like carry that weight, you know, but there's this like this beauty that comes from us just walking out things according to God's word. Um, that, that even in a dark and a broken world where we're kind of trying to navigate it, that when we follow God's way, there's this, this beautiful thing that happens in these blessings that are really like unearthed. They're, they're dug up. And um, this can be so hard to do because I often find myself veering really to the right or to the left. I'm, it's, it's, like, um, it's probably like how I drive where I'm not really paying attention, right? And I'm probably trying to text someone while I'm driving. And I like, you could, you're on the highway and you kind of like go off to the, to the right a little bit and you hit those little bumpers, right? And it's like, and Cassie's like in the passenger seat like, what are you doing? We're going to die, you know? And she's like, you're such a bad driver. I'm like, you're a worse driver. And we have this kind of back and forth. But in life, I feel like that happens to me so often where I'm just kind of veering off. I'm like, oh, wait, I hit the bumpers and God kind of directs me back. Um, And and it can be a struggle to just really follow Jesus and to live out our faith. Um, But that's what we're called to do, right? It's not, Christianity is not just something we believe. It's something that we do. It's something that we live. And so, um, Nonetheless, the psalmist implores God's people to walk in accordance to the word. And that when we follow Jesus, our world changes. The blessing and favor of God is poured out on us when we live obedient and remain in Christ. He talks about these different things that we get or that that God does for us when, when we walk in obedience. He says that he promises us peace. And like, I just imagine, what if, what if our world had more peace? What would that look like? How much, how much more amazing would life be if we just had that peace instead of anxiety or fear or worry, if we had peace instead, right? It's just calm that God is going to take care of it. Like that would change everything for us. How many of us just struggle with that? Just like finding peace in life and not letting the things of this life kind of shake us up and get us off of our game. You know, it says that he gives us wisdom instead of folly. I mean, I think I always reference in marriage, there's so often when I realize how much folly I have because my wife helps me figure that out. Like how many times it's like, oh, I'm just an idiot. Like, why did I do that? You know, and that our natural like humanity is just to live life in folly, is to live life all messed up. But that God, when we walk in obedience, he gives us wisdom. It says that he offers us salvation. It says he teaches us to fear him, um, that he gives us good gifts both in this life and in our spirituality. It says that he produces a harvest, a spiritual harvest through our lives, which is what I think we all want, right? At the end of our lives, we want to feel like we've done something that matters, that's meaningful. That's not just like, oh, this guy died, and I have like five people who even know who I am at the end of my life, right? 
They, we want like, you know, if, if you were to have a tombstone, which I'm probably not going to have a tombstone, but if I were, you'd want it to say something cool about you, right? That was true, not just like that somebody made up. That like they did something important, right? I would want, you'd have to have, I'd like to have like a really big one that had a lot of cool things on it, right? Um, and they, that uh, when we are obedient to God, it actually helps us walk more in righteousness, that God allows us, his Holy Spirit leads us and guides us, and that it marks out our future. And so, like, even, even you know, in our lives, it's so easy to just feel like, God, what's the next step? What am I supposed to do next? Like, where's my life supposed to go, right? But when we, when we walk in obedience, God begins to kind of mark these steps out for us and lead us and guide us and direct us. And so I think it's a pretty sweet deal with the Lord, um, and it just requires righteousness and obedience, right? Which is so incredibly difficult. Um, and I think when we talk about this kind of passage, um, I think earlier in my faith in, in God and early, earlier in my ministry, it would just kind of be one of those like tough it out, gut it out things. Like I'm just going to be more obedient. I'm just going to try so hard to be that way. And I think like when we are kind of immature in our faith, we can just feel like, oh, I just have to try harder and do better, Right? That kind of natural, I'm just going to pull myself up by my bootstraps and I'm going to go out and do it. And that's not at all what I think God ever calls us to in obedience. It's really this, this idea that we can't muscle it up. We can't produce it. We need the Holy Spirit. And it really makes me think about when I was younger um, and much more fit than I am today. I remember being in high school football and I would literally like ride my bike three miles to school and then we would have one hour workout sessions right we'd be in the we'd be in the weight room and they would require us to have a spotter you know so that like when I was lifting the bar up and I couldn't lift it anymore and I was gonna like crush myself with it that that guy would grab it right and make sure that like my whole like head wasn't severed from my body by this massive amount of weight that was gonna crush me or like they would stand beside me when I was doing lunges so that like I didn't do a lunge and like go all the way to the ground with this bar, right? And I can remember guys who, um, some guys were crazy, like these big Samoan guys and they could bench like 500 pounds. They didn't even need a spotter. They were just like, boo, boo, boo. And I was like benching like 120, like, ah, I can't do it. Um, but I remember guys who, who they would break the rules and they wouldn't have a spotter. And all of a sudden you'd see them and they would like have the bar like sideways and they would be like, help me, help me, I can't do it. You know, and they would like be about ready to drop the bar on themselves. You know, like anybody who's lifted weights, you've seen people at the gym like that or whatever. And, um, and, and they would, they, before they would drop the bar down on their chest, they would kind of just like cry out for someone to help them. And I think this is like a lot of what the Lord does in our lives. Um, that there, he's there to guide us. And, and ultimately, really, he's the one there to carry the whole weight. It's like he's a spotter for us, but he actually lifts the whole weight for us. We feel like we're doing it, but God's really the one who's lifting it. And I think that's how obedience works, that it, it, instead of us feeling like we have to gut it out and push this massive weight up, it's really the Lord who's lifting it up for us, right, if we rely on the Holy Spirit. Um, and that we can't lift the weights of life, sin and pain and striving for righteousness, without the spotting and the work of Jesus in our hearts and our minds, that it really requires God to do that for us. We can't, the bar is too heavy, right? Even if, even if it was just the bar with no weights on the sides, it would be too heavy for us to lift. It, we, it requires God to do that in us. And I think that's what it does with scripture, that when we read scripture and we allow God to let it remain in us and work in us and we chew on it and we, we kind of like, God, I know you're challenging me to do this. It really requires God to do this work within us that causes us to live a life that's different, right? It, it requires his work, it requires his Holy Spirit. 
And so I think when we read the book of 1 Corinthians, it can really seem like an overwhelming task to do what the Apostle Paul tells us to do. Sometimes I feel like Paul is like, it's like superhuman or something. Sometimes I forget that he's even like a human being. Because like the things he says and does, like, oh, I just got bit by a snake and then I just like, God healed me and I didn't die. Like, it's like, how does that even happen to somebody? Like, or, you know, he, he, uh, he could have gotten out of, uh, you know, basically ends up being martyred for his faith and he could have gotten out of it, but he's like, no, I'm good. I think I'm just going to like continue to peel up so I can tell Caesar about Jesus. It's like, no, dude, you could have gotten out. Like you could have been free and home and you could have gone some other place. He's like, nope, I'm going to, I'm just going to appeal to Caesar so I can tell Caesar about Jesus. And he ends up dying. It's like, it just seems like so much beyond a human, but Paul was a human as well. And so we can tend to kind of take a couple of approaches, I think, when we read books like 1 Corinthians. Um, one, we can just kind of do what we normally do with life. We can let it go in one ear and kind of out the other, right? And just f- totally forget about it. Just be like, ah, oh, it's too hard. I'm good. I'm going to move on. Or we can kind of let it come in for a little while and let it transform us a bit. You know, we, we let it work in us to the extent that we feel comfortable with it. You know, like most things in life, we, we let it kind of work on us a little bit. And then it's like, oh, that hurts too much. I think I'm going to let go of that. I think I'm going to move on from that um, with little long-term change. And that's really what we see in church a lot. Um, we see that kind of moment with God where God transforms it all, right? And which is so changed. And then like two weeks later, it's like, oh, life is kind of back to the same way it was um, with little like long-term impact. Or we can... Lastly, let our hearts dwell on it and chew on it over time and let God do really a deep work in us that produces lasting fruit, that really changes us forever and ever and ever. And so it's really that question of like, what will we choose to do with this book of the Bible? Um, what will we choose to, to go forward with? And I just really encourage us, and, and some of us, this is even our first time, and so you have no idea what we talked about in First Corinthians and We've got like podcasts online where you can go back and look at that if you'd like. Um, but I think this is really applicable to any book that we read in on our own or study together or any Bible study we do together. It really is applicable to anything that God is speaking. But I just encourage us over the next several weeks and months to, to think about and to reread and to ponder this passage, to allow God to dwell on it, to chat with God about it, to ask questions, to think about it, so that we can allow this to be put into action in our lives. Um, I, I always talk about the word as being like, um, for us that, that like steak, um, that like like a filet mignon, you know, this little tiny filet, right? They give you this like beautiful, like cuts like butter steak, right? And, and, and you don't like, it's not a hamburger. You don't just woof it down and just like, I'm just going to eat this whole hamburger in like five minutes, you know, like what I would normally do. It's, it's like that thing where you put it in your mouth and you kind of chew on it a little bit. And you kind of savor it and you like put it under your tongue and you kind of get all the like flavor out of it. That's really how I see God's word is it's something that you, it's like whatever your favorite food item is and food is like everything to me. So (laughs) I always think about that, but whatever your favorite food, like a good piece of chocolate, right? You don't just like, it's not a Hershey bar where you just like woof it down. You get a good like piece of C's candy and you just kind of let it savor on your tongue and you just let the flavor kind of be infused into your palate. That's really how I see scripture is allowing us to kind of really just enjoy it and dwell on it and not just woof it down and then get rid of it, right? Um, for that trans, uh, transformation to occur in us. And I really do encourage us, if, we, if you've missed one or you've missed all, to go back and look at the podcast. We have a website and we post them on there and stuff. And 
So um, just kind of listen to those and reread that passage and allow that deep transformation to occur. Um, because when, we, when that transformation occurs, I think it really is, enables us to receive those blessings that that psalmist talks about, right? Um, that goodness that God wants to give to us, that, that peace that God wants to give us, that wisdom, that, that freedom from our sinful nature, that um, teaching us to have fear for God, which is like a whole other thing I can't even like wrap my mind around. Like, how do I have fear for God but allow him to love me at the same time? It's just a, such a crazy thing. Um, that he would pour out his great gifts to us and he'd make our lives meaningful and encourage us to walk in righteousness and show us his path for this journey that we have together. It's just, when we allow God's word to do that in us, those things are what's gonna come out of it when that deep work happens, when we're obedient to God's word. And so, um, and honestly, at least for me, I need God as much as I can get. I need to chew on it and dwell on it and be with God because I'm just so broken and lost most of the time as a person. Um, I just need to allow his scripture to pour over me and transform me. Those, those kind of quiet times with God where we just be with him and, and let him do his work in us. And, and that, that he's the one who's going to really be spotting us, right? He's going to be lifting the bar up for us. Um, even when we read just such a hard book like First Corinthians. And so I just want to pray for us and then we're going to have a little bit of discussion time and then we're going to finish with some worship and um, kind of go from there. So Lord, we just, we thank you for this work that you've done in us um, through your word. We thank you um, for just this book and all of the books in your word, God, that really this message can be applied to anything that we read or study with you and that you would allow us to be obedient to your word, that we would be people who live out the Bible and not just people who hear it and let it fall on deaf ears and God, I just pray that you would empower us these next weeks and months to just spend time with you and allow you to do the work in our lives, to allow you to do the heavy lifting for us, God, that we would just remain in you. And when we remain in you, you remain in us. And Father, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. We pray that we would just uh, continue to connect with you through our conversations with one another and through um, the worship tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So. The first couple questions are just, what are some of the deep truths that God showed you through this study of the book of 1 Corinthians? What is God doing in your hearts and minds as we explore 